Well, hello everybody. My name is Jeff Weisenberger. I'm the senior editor of Modern Steel Construction Magazine. Welcome to the first Modern Steel Construction podcast. I am here with Bill Bast of Thornton Thomas Setti. He is the head of the forensics and renewable uh, renewal practices here in Chicago. I did want to start off with um, a little bit about your background. Um, first of all, tell me where you're from originally. So I grew up in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. Okay and uh, went to Lehigh University in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, not too far away. Okay. Um, now, when it comes to structural engineering, you, you went to Lehigh, is this something that you've, you know, was this your first, when I grow up, I want to be, or, or, or rather, how did you be, decide to become a structural engineer? My dad uh, was a structural engineer for the local power utility, and um, I enjoyed uh, hearing his stories about what he did, and. I uh, thought that he had a great uh, work and life balance with his career, and I was good in math and science. That helps. Um, and so I uh, leaned toward engineering when I was looking at colleges and um, started in civil. I entertained going to metallurgical and material science at one point, but okay. went back to civil and stayed there and got a master's from Lehigh as well. Okay, excellent. I graduated Lehigh with a bachelor's degree in civil engineering and became a team manager for Procter & Gamble paper products making Pampers diapers oh, in okay. northeastern Pennsylvania. Wow. It's a little bit, yeah, a little bit removed. <laughs> it's definitely removed. I, I was interested in the management aspects of things. They paid very well um, and it was very good management training from me and um, a lot of what I learned uh, 40 years ago in that job, I apply today in what I do here at Thornton Tomasetti. Okay, that's excellent to hear. Um, so on that note, what brought you to Chicago then? In 1983, I uh, was offered a position at Skidmore Owens and Merrill mm -hmm. and um, came to Chicago. I never thought about moving to Chicago. I actually wanted to go to California. Okay. Uh, you wanted to go warmer, not colder. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't know much about Chicago, but uh, everyone I talked to spoke so highly about their experiences in Chicago that I looked at it and I just thought it would be a great place. It was a very exciting place. Um, it seemed much more livable than New York. And yet, you know, such a great place for architecture and structural engineering. Okay, excellent. Um, now, speaking of some of those lessons you uh, learned from, from years ago that you still apply today, um, you are the head of the forensics and renewable, or renewal practices here at Thorn Thomas City. Can you talk a little bit about that and how those two uh, practices are related? Yes, uh, so I, um, I, I do both. I practice forensic engineering, which is, um, studying collapses and problems with buildings as well as serving as an expert witness uh, and uh, I also work in the renewal practice which as we define it is working on existing buildings so um, um, I, th I always think of structural engineering uh, the way I learned it at Lehigh as a spectrum uh, with forensics on one end of the spectrum and design on the other end of the spectrum um, and research and education uh, all mixed up uh, and that one informs the other. So uh, when you're uh, designing and something bad happens, uh, the codes change and 
you become a better designer. And uh, having seen problems in the field, um, uh, in the forensic uh, way of things, you also become a better designer. And uh, the design also informs the forensics, sure. uh, understanding how a structure should behave or should respond and uh, compare it to what exactly did happen. Okay. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the uh, the current Willis Tower project. So you're involved with that, obviously. Now the, the current project, and it sounds like you worked a little bit. Um, you worked on a, a renovation in the past as well, and then going back from there, your mentor um, John Zills um, was one of the designers of the uh, original tower. So. Um, can you talk a little bit about maybe that time flow, so to speak? Sure. Um, so Fazer Khan was the um, uh, chief structural engineer at SOM uh, in the early 70s when Sears Tower was under design. Uh, John Zills and Hal Yangar were project engineers under Foz. And uh, the job was completed in 1974. Um, one of the early jobs I worked on in, in my career at uh, SOM was the Sears Tower revitalization project that was about a $25 million job uh, where we put a new barrel vault entrance on the west side of the building and uh, a winter garden type of structure on the inside of that. Um, and John and Hal were both involved in that renovation. Uh, I worked with Bill Baker, who's mm -hmm. uh, the principal at uh, or the, the partner at SOM now, uh, and he was the project engineer on the job, and I was the engineer uh, working on that. So that was in 1985, and um, now, 30-some uh, years later, uh, we're tearing that entrance off the building as well as the other entrances and building a four-story podium out to the curb line sure. to create a new retail experience at Sears and, and Willis. Sure. That's interesting. I don't know if I've really heard that before, a, a scenario where someone designed a renovation to a building or even designed a building and then later went back and completely rethought or was involved in, in rethinking an entrance like that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm old enough now that I, my original designs are getting torn down, but <laughs> it is a little unique to be able to tear it down and rebuild it uh, at, the, at the same time. So. Right, excellent. Well, so you, you say that John is one of your, your mentors. Um, do you have, a, is there anything you can share as far as things that you've learned from him over the years, you know, from the beginning or even still now? Well, he has been a great um, mentor um, over my, the, the time of my career. Um, he gave a lot of wisdom to so many of us. And uh, a couple things I, I, Maybe one thing, at least I remember I, I can uh, recall with John was um, talking about little projects. Mm -hmm. Not every job is Sears Tower. Um, Very true. So um, what about little projects? You know, what makes them exciting? What makes them different? And he used to say there's always something uh, there that is unique or special. It's your job to find it. Sure. And um, another thing that he... Uh, said to me when we were talking one time about um, the Hajj terminal in uh, Saudi Arabia that Skidmore did that um, when Skidmore undertook that job they had never designed a fabric uh, tensile structure before 
but they worked with Geiger Berger on that job to create that design. And um, John said, uh, you know, you don't have to be the expert on the project at the start of the project, but you better be the expert at the end of it. So he had a lot of good words of wisdom like that, and he's had uh, great words of wisdom for me over my career um, and uh, uh, things, you know, even talking about salaries and, and uh, titles and things like that and his perspective on those uh, where he uh, would usually say that uh, the most important thing is your work mm -hmm. and the projects, um, that they're exciting and they challenge you and that's more important than the money you're making um, or the title that you might hold. Okay, oh, that's, that's very sound advice. Uh, I was curious about some of the other projects you've worked on. Um, do you uh, mind talking a little bit about the U-505 uh, submarine location, relocation project? Sure. Um, we uh, got involved in that project um, early on to look at a uh, new enclosure uh, and venue for the submarine. Mm -hmm. um, came up with a few scenarios, um, and then they swapped out the entire design team for a new one, um, to execute the below grade one north of the uh, East Pavilion. And um, uh, at the time we had interviewed a few movers of the U-505. Uh, there were really two categories of movers. One type was a building mover and the other type was an equipment mover. Okay. And we ended up recommending uh, Italco, uh, was their name from Seattle at the time, they moved a lot of ships and uh, were in that industry. And um, so later on, when the job was being executed, uh, they brought us back in to oversee the submarine move, even though we hadn't done the final design, but we were uh, now being asked to oversee the move. And so we um, worked closely with the contractor to ensure that the move would be done safely and that um, all the equipment that he was using and the different structural components would work uh, for carrying some pretty heavy loads, uh, including the 900-ton submarine itself. 900 tons. Yeah, I'd always wondered how much it weighed. It's uh, quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any other recent projects that, that were that uh, you know were most interesting to you? Maybe something not as uh, uh, marquee or as, as the submarine or as uh, immense as um, Willis Tower. Well, the, the two that come to mind are Navy Pier and Wrigley Field, okay. actually. So uh, Navy Pier I worked on uh, 25 years ago, um, and we completed that in uh, 1995. Actually, it's more than that. Um, that job I, I worked on when I was at Rubinos and Messia Engineers, um, and we uh, worked on the, the project, which is about 100. $75 million job at the time and included the Ferris wheel and uh, the festival hall and the family pavilion and other things that are out there. And now, uh, 30 some years later, uh, we're back out there um, and did the new Ferris wheel, uh, the new Shakespeare theater, uh, and a lot of the other projects that are going on out at the pier. So I've been very fortunate to be involved in both of those over the span of that many years. And then our firm has um, been leading the structural engineering for Wrigley Field renovations, which started in around 2013. 
and we're hoping to finish it this year in 2019. Right. Um, and that's been a very, that was a very challenging project involving all kinds of foundation and uh, engineering uh, aspects uh, and working with an existing building yeah. uh, built, you know, uh, and rebuilt over the years since 1914 um, to come up with solutions that were economically, economically viable sure. and, um, and would work. Right. Yeah. That neighborhood, that whole area has really transformed. Yes, for sure. Um, okay. Well, let's, uh, stepping away from engineering briefly, um, I understand that you are a drummer. I am. How did you become a drummer? <laughs> Actually, I, um, I auditioned for it in fifth grade. Uh, so this was like school band? Yeah, school okay. band, and uh, uh, had to uh, listen to the instructor tap out a rhythm and then try to replicate it. Okay. And uh, he said, yeah, you have aptitude for drums. And so um, I went into playing concert band and then marching band in uh, junior high and then early high school. And then I stopped for about 25 years or so. Wow. Um, and then I got interested again when I... I uh, was going to a contemporary Christian church, and uh, they had uh, a full rock band up at this on the stage with a drum kit. Mm -hmm. I never played a drum kit, but I decided to buy one and teach myself how to play it. And uh, about six months later, I was asked to play, and that was about 12 years ago, and I've been doing that ever since. So when you're when you're teaching yourself the drums, is it is it trying to find the rhythm with one? One limb, then adding another, then adding another, and then adding another. Yeah, that that works, and it's a lot of practice. And um, if you can disconnect all four limbs, uh, <laughs> that works pretty well. You know, uh, the, I I'm not as good at it as as so many other uh, really good drummers, who really can they can play different rhythms with uh, each of the limbs. Right. Um, I'm not quite there, but I I can get by. Good. Yeah, very good. Do you, do you have any drumming heroes, you know, any inspiration out there? Well, I like uh, Phil Collins and uh, Mick Fleetwood oh. and um, Jeff Porcaro. Mm -hmm. um, we're all uh, great drummers. Um, and uh, Lee Kunkel and I'm sorry, Russ Kunkel and uh, and some others. So um, I, I enjoy music really of all, all kinds. And, uh, you know, um, from country and western to rock and pop and um, and the contemporary Christian stuff as well. Okay. And you said and you you play in your church. I do. Church. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And do you do you do any other side gigs, so to speak? Do you have any other outlets? Actually, uh, a few years ago, we formed a band here at Thornton Tomasetti. Okay. And uh, a couple years ago, we named it Lev Zetlin. Uh, <laughs> sounding like the Led Zeppelin band, mm -hmm. but uh, Lev Zeppelin being the name of the founder of our firm, sure. actually. Um, so it it's maintains that name, and I played a couple gigs. It was the first time I was actually paid. Wow. Uh, when I paid in, I played in some dive bar in Logan Square, and I think I got 12 bucks for the night. You know, it's something. <laughs> it's at least a, yeah, a couple of beers, I so guess. So I haven't, I haven't quit my day job yet. Okay. <laughs> did, did you play any Led Zeppelin cover songs? Uh, I think we did. Uh, I don't remember which one, but I think we did, yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, I think that's about it for us, so thank you very much, Bill. We really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs>